to the Revolutionary CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Lynch, wine lover, brand snob, proud boy mom, and Atlanta-based entrepreneur. When I was laid off from my dream marketing job at eight weeks pregnant, I knew I couldn't rely on corporations to provide me with a stable income. I launched my own business and hit six figures in my first full year. I want to help other female service-based entrepreneurs and coaches build and leverage their brand authority so they can confidently sell their services and programs at a premium price point to create a lasting legacy and generate independent wealth. Tune in every Wednesday for solo episodes and conversations with amazing self-made multi-six and seven-figure women all about marketing, sales, mindset, self-care, entrepreneurship, and motherhood to inspire you and give you actionable steps to successfully market and sell your high-ticket services and programs while having a life. Let's get into it. I am so excited to talk about how I decided I was ready to quit my full-time job. And I have a special guest with me, my mom. Hello, hello. I wanted to have her here specifically because she also quit her full-time job that she had been at for over 20 years. And I wanted to kind of tell a story of how it feels to like make the choice, which I think is a very difficult choice to make to quit your job that you are comfortable with. And it doesn't matter what your age is or how young or old you are. I think that if you know you want something different for your life, that you deserve to make the choice to make that change. And I wanted to set myself up in my business and in my life where I could make that choice and it wouldn't make me feel like it was a mistake. And so I wanted to bring my mom on to talk about it too. So yay, here we go. Let's dive right in. So first, I kind of want to tell my story. You know, this podcast is still really new. So if you're new here, I am, my name is Letitia. I'm a premium pricing and branding coach. I help service-based entrepreneurs and coaches to sell their services at premium and high ticket prices so they can have consistency in their business. They can have profitability and sustainability in their businesses. It's, this is a big mission for my business and I only sell currently premium offers. I have a second business called the Business Branding Academy where I do all of my like digital educational offers. So those are like my lower ticket things, but my primary business is Atelier Letitia. So this decision came about in January um, of 2020. I started working hard to increase my prices. I rebranded myself specifically for the fact that I knew I was undercharging all of 2019. I told this story before in an earlier episode. I was severely undercharging. And the problem with doing that is it was basically making it impossible for me to be able to quit my full-time job. Now, I'm not complaining. I had a wonderful full-time job with a Fortune 250 company. I was a a regional marketing manager. It was excellent benefits, amazing boss. All of the things that you like about having an employer, the stability, the consistency, the safety, you know, they were paying for my health insurance. All of those things were there. And I don't care how many other benefits they may have offered me, including the bonuses. It didn't matter because I really just didn't want to be there. I didn't want to work for someone else. I had no control over my time. I had to ask when I wanted to take vacations. And quite frankly, I just wasn't very passionate about the work that I was doing. I had been working in marketing for over 14 years at that time. And yeah, I love doing marketing. I know how to do it well, but it really wasn't my passion. And so in June of 2020, I had a $16,000 month. And at the time, my goal was if I could have 
$10,000 months consistently for six to 12 months, that felt safe enough to both myself and my husband for me to quit my job. Now, my husband is extremely conservative. We never agree on things like this. And I kind of had a conversation with him probably around May and June about how I wanted to quit my job. And he was like, you need to keep this job until at least December, but preferably January, February, 2021. And it was COVID, right? COVID had just started in March of that same year. So we still kind of felt like it was unstable. We still weren't sure what was going to happen. And we really didn't think it was going to still be going on by the summer, which it was. But then here comes June with that 16,000. I was like, why am I working this job? First of all, I was never making that from work and I wouldn't have made it even if I got a huge promotion. Making that much in a month means that you're making, you know, 160,000 plus dollars in a month from your salary. And I clearly was nowhere near that. In fact, I was only at like 65,000. So it was a big gap from where I would have needed to be in corporate to make that kind of income. And my history with corporate hasn't felt very safe either. I've been laid off before multiple times. Marketing departments are one of the first departments to get laid off at a, at a big business, right? And so the first layoff that was really hard for me was when I got laid off, when I found out I was like around eight weeks or so pregnant with my child. He's now four. That happened. That was really stressful. I had to take on any job. I told this story already on an earlier episode. And then right after I got back from my honeymoon, which was approximately like two years later, I got laid off again from a very big job. And it was so stressful. It hurt my marriage. It hurt me and my ego. And at that point, I was like, why am I doing this? And this happened in 2019. So I was like, okay, this is it. And so here we are full circle. I went for it though. I hit 16K. I quit my job. It felt good. But then the very next month I had like quitter's remorse. You know, kind of like buyer's remorse when you buy something that was way too expensive and you feel really good when you buy it and you wear it. And then the next day you're like, why did I buy this thing? That's how I felt about quitting. I was like, why did I do this? Because now I had to keep it up. I had to keep up the hype. I had to keep up the safety net of income that I had. And I really didn't know if I was going to be able to do that. But at the end of the day, I felt happier. I knew that there was a chance for, if I could do that, if I could hit that kind of income goal, while I was working a full-time job, which meant I was only given my business part-time of my attention, then surely I was going to be able to maintain some fraction of that. And that was the kind of confidence that I needed to go into continuing to have the confidence in myself to keep it going. And so... You know, I figured out what my product suite was going to be. It's one of the things that inspired me to have my mastermind. I launched in September of 2020. And it's because I wanted to have a premium priced offer that would allow me to have some sort of consistency and predictability with income for a longer period of time. Whereas I wasn't getting that from one-on-one coaching and I wasn't getting that from like small things like strategy sessions and my smaller design packages. And when I launched that mastermind in September, 2020 and had a $24,000 a month. That was the most I had ever made. And I did it doing less. That was the thing that gave me the confidence that that was a good decision. I felt very safe and I never worried about the fact that I quit my job. But let's talk about kind of like the mental things that kind of go on when you quit your job. The first month after quitting my job, I made $6,000 less, no, $5,000 or so less than I had done the month before. So I had that great $16,000 a month in June and here comes July and I made like 10 or maybe 11,000. So to lose $5,000 feels like a mistake, right? But at the end of the day, you have to look at what's really happening. Like look at the facts. Is it a fact that I probably wasn't going to be making that from corporate? It is most certainly a fact. Is it a fact that I was able to kind of reduce some of my workload, which is why I took that hit in income? And yes, it was. I was no longer doing 20,000 things. 
And is it a fact that making that kind of money was still going to allow me to be stable enough to pay the bills that I actually had to pay? Because when you're making the decision to quit your job, you have to think about, well, what, what are the facts that are at hand? How much personal bills do I have? What do I need to be able to pay that? Okay, now what do I need to run my business? How much does my business cost? What's the overhead? How, many, how much do contractors cost? How many apps do I have to have? Okay, now factor in taxes. What is it? 16% for small business, you know, self-employed. Maybe it's a little bit more, maybe it's a little bit less. Okay, now you got to factor that in. At the end of the day, when you calculate those numbers, what do you need to make? Because that is bare minimum if you can make that. Now add a 10% profit margin. Now you have that covered. So at that point, you get yourself some realistic facts to focus on so that you're not as stressed out. You're not thinking I need to make $20,000. It's more like, oh, you probably need to make seven or eight. That's, that's easier to, to maintain, right? When I started looking at those numbers, it made me stress a lot less about how much money I was bringing into my business and instead focusing on how can I maintain the stability and the financial predictability in my business. And that's what allowed me the time to focus on that. And it's why I have my coaching program. Specifically, I want people to learn how to build out a product suite that doesn't require you to have so many things going on for survival, so many things you have to sell because you're selling at prices that are too low, but more so what is really profitable price point for something that I am an expert at doing. And when you figure that out, it's like, okay, because I know that I can do that really well, people will trust to buy it from me if I learn how to communicate about it. Quitting my job was the best decision I could have made. I have never been so at peace. I really just don't like people telling me, oh, I have to ask permission to take off for the day and now I need vacation and oh, I'm sick and now I have to beg for this time off and hopefully I have benefits left and I haven't accrued my hours yet and who's gonna take over my work for me? It's just so many things that you're asking permission to basically live. It's how I felt. I'm asking permission on how to live. <laughs> And another thing about just my personality, I'm a creative. You guys know I started this business as a design business, as Letitia Lynch Designs. Creatives really get bored very easily. I have had probably 15 plus jobs in my life. I'm only 35, which means I was quitting jobs probably every two years or so with, you know, sometimes I might have kept it a little bit longer, most times a little bit less. It made me look super flaky, but if I'm being honest, I was flaky. I was flaky with my attention span. If there weren't any new projects and I was doing the same thing for a year, I was over it. Now, this is the complete opposite from my mother who stayed with her company for 20 years. So I want to kind of talk to my mom about the perspective of quitting a job that you really were dedicated to for 20 years. So mom, tell us your story about how you kind of started working for Dr. Enright and you know how how that went like over the years, like you stayed there for 20 years. So you loved it. Right. Tell yeah. us about it. Tell us your story. So being of a woman of a certain age, you go on a job and you think, okay, this is where I'm going to stay because I'm comfortable. And the years just go by and just keeps piling up. And one day, just like you said, Letitia, you have to ask permission to, take vacation. And then they say, well, who's covering you? And it's just so many negative things. Cause I feel as a negative when I have to ask and I can possibly be told, no, you can't take off at that time because we have no one to cover you. So that was one of the biggest, one of the big things that concerned me as I'm getting older. And then one of the other things I said to myself, I said, well, what, what would I do? 
I've been doing this for so long. I don't even have to think. I just come in and work because I'm so used to doing this every single day, four days a week for 20 plus years. So what can I do and still make the same income or more? What am I going to do? And I had no answers for that question that I was asking myself. And then my daughter came and gave me a wonderful opportunity. And there went my brain. Can I do this? But I don't know how to do this. <laughs> what am I going to do? Is Letitia going to train me? So it's so many things that will make someone of my age very skeptical and very afraid to step out on it. But I think the reason why I wasn't too afraid because it was my daughter asking me to do it. And I said, well, she won't fire me because. Or will um, I? Oh, uh, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> and and so my journey right now, is it hard? Yes. But it's not hard because I don't have the proper tools, which my tool is my daughter. It's my brain being that my brain never had to work like this before. Like I said, doing something for 30 years, you don't think about what you have to do because it's so repetitious. You've been doing it for so long every day that you don't have to think about it. Now, when I get up in the morning, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful feeling. I don't have to worry about my uniform. I don't have to worry about getting in my car, starting it up. Oh, honey, you didn't get gas last night because I forgot <laughs> to tell you. And my husband like, oh, no, because, you know, I'm a woman that don't like to pump gas. So anyhow, yeah, I would have to get up in the morning, drive to work. I would always be the first one there. Everybody else would be late. Then the doctors would come in and complain. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do with that That's because hilarious. Marilyn is here. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big change for me. And I'm still going through a lot of motions, but the motions are all worth it. Yeah. This episode of the Revolutionary CEO Podcast is brought to you by my group coaching program, Revolutionary Brand, a 12-week coaching program where I teach you how to build and leverage brand authority using video content so you can consistently hit your high four and five-figure income goals selling high-ticket services without complicated marketing funnels or needing to reduce your prices. If it's your goal to consistently attract ideal clients who actually want to work with you and see the value in what you're offering, then Revolutionary Brand is a great program to teach you how to not only build brand authority, but also how to position yourself and your business and your brand as the ideal place for your clients to come to, to solve their biggest problems. If this program sounds like it aligns with your business goals, then visit revolutionarybrand.co to book your compatibility call and submit your application to hold your spot in the program. So you, you kind of made this decision that you were going to go for it because it was me, but kind of walk us through some of the, the decisions that allowed you to just go ahead and take that leap of faith. So besides the fact that it was me, like obviously if it's someone that you trust, but I think it's really hard to quit a job that you've been at for 20 oh, years. Absolutely. So tell us what was going through your mind. Like even tell, walk us through the day, like when you were telling them that, okay, I'm so, going to leave. This one day when I go to work, I was trying to see if I can possibly make everybody happy them and then myself. So I went to them and I held a meeting with them. And we sat down and I was 
trying to give them a proposal. I was trying to make a proposal. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, what do you guys think about me working Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays one week, and then the next week work Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays because I work four days a week. And they looked at me, they was like, well, no, that doesn't work for us. And I was like, well, I'm really not asking. I'm really trying to give you guys a heads up because you know, I told, I gave them a year's notice that I would not be working four days a week come 2021, but it seemed to win in one ear and out the other. Cause I don't think they really thought about me actually cutting back a day. Well, yeah, so, you've been there for 20 yeah, years. You're reliable. Yeah. But when somebody comes to you at my age, I'm 63 years young <laughs> and say to you, Hey, you know, I don't want to do this four days a week anymore. I'm going to cut back one day. Mind you, I'm one of their very important people that help keep things going smoothly in the office. Would you not think to say, well, let's try it. And they said, no. And I said, well, you don't even want to try it. And Is I was the told, thing? Is that the yeah. thing that kind of was like, well, that was what? the thing that, that made me say, okay. So I said, well, let's be clear. When we leave this table, we are we are under the understanding that I will be leaving come 2021. Yeah, we had already decided. So my mom and I had a discussion probably around November of 2020. And she was like, I, I would I should work for you. And I'm like, you should actually. I think that next year I think I'll be in a better position. So remember, I come off of September, $24,000 a month, and I was gonna have consistently 12 plus thousand dollars a month coming in without selling anything new. I already knew that because I had contracts. So I'm like, I'm good until January. I wasn't going to really do a lot of work for the end of the year. And I'm like, if I'm in this position right now and I'm just getting to success, imagine what next year is going to look like. And I'm like, you know, I'm already paying. I was paying a contractor $1,800 a month at that time. And once she told me kind of her salary, I was like, I can match that. I can do what you're getting at your job. My mom can come work for me. She kind of, you know, you kind of talked to me about how you were feeling just, you know, health wise. And I spoke with my, you know, my spiritual advisor. I'm like, this is a good idea. I think this would be good for my mom. It'll be good for us. It'll be good to have that help. And what better person to be like your right hand man than your mom. And my mom and I have such a very close relationship, like such a close relationship. I knew that we could do this. I actually, the, my very first official job, I worked at the same office that she quit. So you quit your job. How did you feel? Did you ever have like, so I, I said like quitter's remorse. Did you ever have oh quitter's my remorse? God, I cried <laughs> for three weeks prior to me leaving. Yeah. I just cried every time I would talk to somebody on the job and they were like, oh, so you really leaving? I would like say a few words and then I would just start bawling. <laughs> Why? Because I was, I w it was so hard to explain. It was happy, sad, mm -hmm. you know, I was happy that I'm, I'm given the opportunity to leave, but I was sad for them for leaving them. I felt some type yeah. of guilt, yeah. even though I gave them two months. They, they had a lot. Notice. She told them in January, yeah. guys, and we knew she was going to be starting March the 1st. So this was a big plan. Like it was like, okay, you're coming on March 1st. My mom, I had already put her on payroll. You guys know, well, you may not know. So one of the smartest things that I could have done as a business owner, and it, you know, my business entity was an LLC at the time. I knew that as soon as I quit my job, my last day at waste management, which was my employer at the time, was July 10th. And on July the 11th, I was a salaried employee under my my business. And I have always been on salary. And my mom, I had her go to my little HR thing and fill out all the appropriate HR paperwork because I wanted things to be legit. 
as women, we forget about financial stability outside of people who typically help us. I'm not saying all of us, there are plenty of independent women, but for those of you who have been married or who have been like around your parents and parents really take care of us. Like as women, the girls, typically your parents going to look out for you. If they feel like you're in a financial bind, they're not going to let that happen to you. Now, if you're a boy, they might make you tough it out. But as a, a girl, if I ever had some sort of financial bind and I've had plenty of them in my lifetime, my parents just took care of me. If I needed it, they would, my dad had extra money, maybe working some extra contract jobs. He would pay my bills. If I got laid off or something bad happened, break up with a boyfriend, here comes dad and mom. I, my parents took good care of me. And that's just kind of the norm. And then women, we often go into a, a relationship and now the guy is maybe making more money because, you know, society, hashtag society. And so we're kind of like, oh, he'll pay most of the bills. And it's because he's making more. And in my case, that was the case. So it's really hard to for most of us to kind of think about that stability outside of this, the relationship. But in my case, my husband, he's now my husband, but at the time he was my fiance. He bought our house and it's just under his name. And I was thinking, what if I needed to get a house? And we were having a lot of marital problems at the time. I'm like, what happens if I leave him? I have nothing. I don't have a home, like a house that I own. My credit was fine, but I had a lot of debt at the time. And I was like, and what happens if I try to get a home? And they're going to be like, well, you, you don't have, you're self-employed. Self-employed looks really bad to a creditor. And I knew that that was a possibility, but if I have a W-2, they're going to overlook that. And that's, that was my plan. So I want to hear about it from your perspective. So, you know, dad, how did he take the news that you were planning on quitting your job? Like, how did he feel? Because you're a contributing member of the household. <laughs> yeah, he was really amazing. He actually went out, we went out and got a computer. Oh yeah. We started did. fixing up my She got a desk. Office. They got an office together. Yeah, he really <laughs> was really there for me because I think he understood that my body was like enough is enough. You know, yeah. you can love doing something that you've been doing for a long time, but at some point in your life, you're going to say, Hey, is there something else that I can do? Yeah. You know? And that's yes. good that he was a supportive person. He was very supportive. So I have the opposite. My husband was not supportive and it's because he's really type A. So for him, this was, he's, he's very risk averse and I am quite the risk taker and it's, you know, hashtag creative, <laughs> creative fam. I know you feel me. I will take any kind of risk. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll go. You want to go on a trip tomorrow? I need to get a passport tomorrow. Sure. So let me get this true. passport. <laughs> Who cares? I got a nose ring on a whim. I almost got one in Florida just with on the weekend trip with my friends. I don't even know what made me want it that day, too. I was like, let's get it now. But the place was closed. I came home and got this nose ring. I'm just like the kind of person I was like, yeah, whatever. So for my husband, he sees me as a risk. And anytime I'm coming up with a financial decision, he's already coming into the conversation with, oh, gosh, he's making a terrible choice, which eh, sometimes not the best. However, when it came time to me talking about quitting my job. So 2017, I actually tried to start this business and it did not work out because I did not have that support from him. And I feel like I relied on that support. I needed that support. And this time I was determined to not need an answer, like a yes from him. I just wanted to let him know that I was go basically, I was putting in notice to my husband that I was quitting my job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to give notice at work and I had to give notice to my husband. And the funny thing is I told you guys in the beginning of this, this conversation, like he was like, okay, wait, December. Okay. I support you, whatever. You're going to do this anyway. I support you, but you need to do it December, maybe January. I was like, so I'm quitting this week <laughs> and I did it. And you know what? 
I was so proud of myself because I had started paying off all this debt because I was making all this money for my business. I increased my salary. I'm like, what, what do I need to be making in order to get a nice place if I wanted to get it on my own? You need 80,000, why are you paying yourself 65? It's because I was having an employee mindset. It's really hard to go from a, an employee mindset to a CEO mindset. I talked about this in episode seven. It's very difficult to go from an employee mindset to a CEO mindset. And it's, it's even harder when you've never had this type of experience. But if you, again, if you're in this type of relationship where you're trying to rely on your husband and you need that spousal support, or they're thinking you're, you're going to take away half of our income if something goes wrong in your business, we have to be able to prove that we are stable, give them facts and numbers. And it's going to be hard to give them facts and numbers if your business isn't profitable. I could show my husband, I'm good. I was like, hey, I'm going to be making $12,000 a month until December at least. And this is September. That means I have three months to plan. And then when September, when, you know, when December came around, I was like, okay, let's get this thing started again. I had enough predictability in my business. And for some of you, that's not the case. And I, I, I want this podcast to be a great resource. I want all of my coaching programs to be a great resource for people to have that type of stability that you need. Branding isn't magic. Branding is not the sexy thing that you buy online or the sexy service that you that you join or the sexy coaching program. Branding isn't like the sales expert that's going to tell you how to slide into DMs and get people to you know convince people to do business with you. Branding is the thing that no one's thinking about. You know, like it's kind of like when you're about to resell your home. Branding is the staging for the house. It's fixing the foundation. It's getting the roof done. It's having the landscapers come out. And branding is the thing that gives it more value, gives you more value, gives your service more value to people because you're now able to articulate it better and your brand aligns with what you're saying. All of these other things that you're doing, they are very helpful, but a lot of times people skip the part that's their brand because at the end of the day, people have to connect with you as a person and if you are not ready to do that, if you're not connecting with people, then it's going to be really hard for you to sell yourself. And kind of back to the conversation, I feel like so often we don't have that predictability and that profitability because we are underpricing ourselves. We don't really know what we're saying. We don't know how to say it. We don't know how to tell a story. We don't know how to, we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to show up as a brand or market ourselves all we're thinking about, okay, is just this price and how do I get these sales? And at the end of the day, you really know how, need to know how to tell a good story. Mom, it's been so fun having you on here. So tell me the last kind of few little questions to wrap this up. So you're here now. How does it feel that you really quit your job? Like there has, cause I know I've had a few moments where I'm like, I quit my job. Like I work for myself now. Like, how do you feel like now? Like, I feel like I'm in more of control of my life, but here's the thing now. Yes, I did leave that job, but I'm still helping them because of certain circumstances. So with that being said, me doing this transition, I realized something. When you make the transition and you leave one job, you have to leave it. Yeah. Because me going, going back, back and forth, I had a rough week because of that. Yeah. You know, trying to, as usual, help everyone, help everyone except myself and I realize I cannot do that. But yeah, this is wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. I mean, you know, sometimes I go home and I feel defeated because I'm starting from the bottom. New. Yeah, we're going to have a definitely going to have a whole 
episode on what it's like to work in a brand new industry and how it felt for me even hiring my first employee. We'll have a whole conversation about that. But I just want all of the ladies out there that's of a certain age. Of a certain age. You're old. You're old. Hey, ain't nothing old in my shoes. But anyway, (laughs) to know that take that leap of faith and just do it. Because if you don't, you'll never know. You'll always wonder. Hey, should I have done that oh gosh, 20 yes. years ago? Mm-hmm. I wish that Letitia and I, well, Letitia, because Letitia is the one who's, who's actually bringing me into something new, giving me I'm a conduit. fantastic mm-hmm. opportunity. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I feel so blessed. Although I feel blessed, I also was feeling guilty for leaving my job because it, you, you're going to feel guilty. You will always feel guilty about leaving. Somebody, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. But that grit will always outweigh the guilt for sure. Yeah. The, I feel like, same thing for me. To wrap this up, I feel like quitting my job was the best decision I could have made. And I'll give kind of like a few of my top three reasons why I feel like it was the best decision I could have made. The first reason is that I love being in control of my time and my day. There were so many times where I didn't want to sit in traffic, kind of like you talked about earlier. Maybe I wasn't feeling well. Maybe my energy wasn't really there, but I had to show up on all the calls and do whatever. Now I kind of have that choice. So having control over my time, I feel like mentally my mental health is higher and better because I'm happier. I'm just happier, like living in my passion of what I wanted to do. To be able to do something that you love makes it so much easier to get through the day. Some days I'm like, oh my gosh, how is it? Like right now, it's, it's about 4 p.m. here. I'm like, how is it already 4 o'clock? And it's because I'm just I'm just living my life. I was at my mom's house earlier. We did some work at her house. I came back and recorded some reels. We went out to lunch. We had drinks. We came back. We're recording the podcast. <laughs> best job ever. My, I know. It's like the best <laughs> friggin' day ever. But I wouldn't have been able to do that yeah. at a corporate job. And it's just, it's so nice. So the second reason is just mentally I'm, I'm happier And also I just feel like I feel more fulfilled. I feel more accomplished. And I think in corporate, you want to be accomplished. You want to get those promotions. You want people to like you. You want your boss to, you know, praise you at work. But the, the fulfillment that I get now is so much greater. Like now I'm building a legacy, a legacy with our family name, a legacy for myself. My child gets to see my success. Sometimes he says that he's doing work now and it's so cute. I'm showing him that mommy also has a job and mommy's work is important too. And mommy's not at your beck and call. We also have jobs and I can show him what success is, but also now I have time to spend with him. I I showed a little video on Instagram of how I really didn't even want to go to his little swim practice, but it was like his best swimming practice ever. And normally I would have been so stressed out working and so exhausted or just so bogged down because that's the only time after work I would have had to run my business. And now I can go and watch my kid learn how to swim. And it was the best feeling. I'm smiling right now. If you can't hear it through the microphone. (laughs) So I just, I just thank you mom for being, my first official full-time employee like this is it's crazy that I have an employee now <laughs> I know and it's, it's it's wonderful feeling like my daughter owns her own business and yeah. she can hire me yeah and I didn't have to take a pay cut <laughs> <laughs> I might give you a pay cut <laughs> no no a raise That's well hilarious. maybe not yet no but... I'm not ready for that <laughs> well thank you yeah. so much for being here mom are you welcome bye guys bye 
If you love this episode as much as I have, then subscribe to the Revolutionary CEO podcast on iTunes and leave me a review to let me know what you enjoyed the most. For premium pricing and branding tips and training, connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Atelier Letitia. That's A-T-E-L-I-E-R-L-A-T-E-S-H-A. And be sure to follow the podcast Instagram account at Revolutionary CEO to show my guests and me some love. Talk to you next week.